This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 14th, 2020. We're already halfway through August. Boy, it goes fast. It goes really fast these days. And do you think anyone is listening to the radio program and podcast in August of last year could have possibly believed that how dramatically different our economy would be this year or the stock market or our lives for that matter, how different we, they are today than a year ago? It's just it's dramatically different. So like it or not, we are living in a historical significant period, everybody. People are going to be writing about this and looking back on this time for many decades to come. Now, for investors, it's all been a, pretty much unsettling, but, you know, it's also been financially rewarding. It hasn't necessarily been all pain, uh, and it, but the, the, the reward has been pretty confined to the big tech stocks, not to the overall market. It's surprising. But volatility is here to stay for a while, and we're just going to have to compensate for it. That's just the way it is. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I will do my best to provide unbiased answers to your financial questions. Any questions, as long as they're financial, we'll talk about it. Okay? Of course, I know you want to talk about individual stocks and strategies and maybe the volatility, maybe, I don't know, 401k, IRAs, whatever you want to talk about, we'll discuss. It's insurance. You know, I do have a pretty extensive background in insurance, starting in my career working for insurance companies. But this is a time for you to call if you do have questions. 888-99-CHART. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. 888-99-CHART. Of course, here on Invest Talk and my company, uh, KPP Financial Irvine, California, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. That makes us very different from other investment advisors. One is I put my money right alongside my clients. I buy the same thing for them as I do for myself. We are, we are dedicated to unbiased guidance. We don't buy somebody else's information. We don't buy somebody else's opinion on things. We come up with our own. And again, we, that, that buying, I buy the same things for, as my, for myself as I do everybody else. It's always at the same price, same percentage, same day. And we call this parallel investing. So I like to be on the same exact side in my various programs as my clients. I think it makes sense. Okay? So it's time to give me a call. Lines are open. 888-99-CHART. And you may have noticed that for the time being, Justin and I are, have postponed our in-person portfolio consultation so we don't travel at this point. But we still do portfolio reviews via Skype, uh, phone, any way you want to. We'll do it. Okay, so we still do it. We do it quite often, uh, and we do it every day, actually. Uh, so if you wish to do that, if you want us to take a look at your portfolio and talk about your your financial situation, we'd be happy to do that. You can send me an email through investtalk.com. That's investtalk.com with two Ts. Or you just call an office in Irvine, California. You know, or send me, you know, you can get a hold of me. It's Pretty darn easy. I answer, and we make a very strong in effort to answer in all our emails. So 
you will hear from us. Again, that's investtalk.com. Click on contact us and send me an email. Okay, my focus point today, it's a story about an investor heavyweight now sees the emergence of the same metric that signaled the 2001 crash from the dot-com era, everybody. That signal now is investing, that signal now in investing circles is the Buffett indicator. That's how it's known. Okay, so the total market cap, you, well, we'll talk about it, how how it's derived, what it is. It's a it's a situation. It's an it's a relationship between total market capitalization and GDP. So, is Buffett right this time around? We'll talk about that. What else are we going to talk about? Well, um, movies are starting to open up again. Did you hear about this from AMC? Yeah, they are. They're going to open up. Okay, gold prices decline for the last few days for the first time since, well, we'll talk about how long has, how long have been gold prices been going up? That's probably a better question. And will mortgage rates go to uh, negative, go to zero? You know, they are in certain parts of this world, negative. Will they go negative uh, mortgage rates here in the United States? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Unless you call up and you want to talk about something else, I'll be happy to do that. Uh, the Dow is up 34 points, the Nasdaq up 10, and the S&P was down 1. So not a lot of activity today. Um, let me rephrase that. Okay, there was a lot of activity today, but not a lot of movement at the end of the day by the indexes. So, And, of course, it is as it is Friday, we will be talking about Certain highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. We do that kind of every Friday. So that's on the agenda, everybody. But, of course, you come first. Always do. Your calls, your questions, always come first. So give us a, give me a call. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, I guess uh, we want to go uh, to um, maybe our Warren Buffett indicator. How about that? Okay, what is the Warren Buffett indicator? Oh, okay. Okay, we had a little connection problem there. Now, of course, we try to take as many calls as we can, so we'll take we'll get to the Warren Buffett indicator in a minute. But here's a call that came in early on Anytime Listener Line, 888-99-CHART. Hey, I'm a young investor, uh, and I was just wondering what you guys think about Virgin Galactic. Bought some at $25 per share, now it's around 22 and I feel like I shorted myself. Should I hold or sell? Thanks. Okay, I think that symbol is SPCE. Take a look. Okay, yeah, Virgin Galactic Holdings. You always got to give me your symbols, everybody. Just remember that. You got to give me the symbols so I can easily quickly look it up instead of having to look them up, look up the symbol and then punch in the symbol. Uh, provides human spaceflight for private, uh, private individuals and research researchers. Okay, so Virgin Galactic Holdings is a you know this is a, a you know a private space company. They're still losing money. They've lost money forever. They're going to lose money next year too. Uh, sales are down quite strong, almost a hundred percent this recent quarter. So um, they were selling for under ten dollars for. Months and months and months, and then shot up 
to uh, $40, and now they're back to $18.55. This is a company that doesn't make money. I don't recommend. You know I don't. Whenever a company doesn't make money, I don't, I'm not interested in it. It just makes no sense to me. I want to buy companies that make money. This company is pretty speculative, and as I said, they lost a dollar one last year. They're going to lose a dollar this year. They're going to lose 51 cents next year. So per share. So and the sales are falling flat to nothing. So I, I don't. It's not some you know. Arcat 3.9 billion for having virtually what zero sales. Not something I'd be interested in. Just not. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Summer is moving fast, and we're watching the markets, as we always do. And as serious investors, we are not always fearless, right? But we do try our best to manage our fear and manage our greed. Only two motions that make anything, any difference in the market. That's how it works. So we understand the necessity of managing risk by balancing our asset portfolios. That task requires information and effective strategies. You need to deal with volatility. If you know how to do it properly, you will be you will be able to make money. So let's talk about that maybe. We're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. It's an Invest Talk Friday. Steve Peasley is on duty and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Gloria in San Francisco. Gloria. Hello. Gloria, how are you? Good. I have a question regarding uh, PCK. And what do you foresee? I mean, this is dollars a week now. Do you foresee this is up for and symbol is P-E as an Edward K? No, P, P as Peter, C as Charlie, K as Kennedy. Okay. Okay. Pimco, Nissible. Okay. And what was your question? I'm sorry. Um, since it's dollars weaker now, do you foresee this ETF to go up higher? Okay. Okay. Okay, everybody, this is an ETF seeks investing in municipal bonds for current income exempt on state California state income tax. So you probably wouldn't do this unless you're a California resident because it doesn't make a lot of sense. So the question is, if the Federal Reserve has lowered, it, lowered interest rates and, and they're weakening the dollar by doing so, will a weak dollar help municipals? Will it make it go up? And I would think not, because inflation, if we start getting some inflation, we have a little little peck up of inflation this week in the CPI and the PPI numbers. But, you know, if inflation picks up, the yields on these things, you know, is worth less money, right? Because you're now getting, you get a yield, but the dollar's getting weak, so that yield is not buying as much as it used to. So usually, if we have a problem with inflation, this doesn't go up. We just don't have that a problem with inflation at this time. 
at this time. And they're showing a 4.1% yield right now. Uh, I, I doubt that that's going to last because, they're, remember, they're looking back, and they have bonds from last year, five years ago, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. I don't know. I'd have to look. But those were paying a lot more than now. So going forward, they probably won't be able to maintain a 4.1%. It'll probably go down. That won't go down dramatically, but over time, it will probably go down until interest rates start to rise, then yield will turn up. So, no, that no, uh, I don't think this will go up in value because uh, I just don't think it will. It, it's probably going to stay sideways for a while. Emeka in Cincinnati. Hi, you thank there? you, Steve. Thank you so much for the knowledge, you and uh, Justin and the team. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Thank you. I do have a question about this stock, DHT. What do you think of it? Do you think is, a, is there any value? Or look, I was looking at the number today. I couldn't understand it that much. What do you think of DHT? Okay, DH, DHT as in Tom or DHI? No, DHT. DHT, I'm DHT. sorry. I'm looking. Okay, wrong side. Wrong symbol. Wrong symbol. I bet that's two in a row for me. Getting old. Okay, DHT Holdings. It's out of Bermuda. Provides marine transportation services for dry bulk crude oil and petroleum products. So it's a shipper. Okay, uh, it's a $911 million market cap, so it's a little under a billion dollars. Sales have been inc- sales have been increasing pretty dramatically. Pretty dramatically, earnings are going to go be up big this year at a dollar eighty-six, and then only seventy-one cents next year. It's a six dollar and twenty-one cents stock, so that tells you it's a pretty low PE. It's also a pretty low return on equity, and you can't rely on that yield of nineteen point four percent. Shippers are notoriously volatile, and so is their dividend yields volatile. So you really got to be careful. But it is trading below book value. So it's awfully inexpensive. So I, you could take a take a shot at it above all the moving averages. Give it a shot. Just don't put too much into it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I want to let you know that Justin and I have recorded another Invest Talk podcast, Rapid Fire Hour. You can download it now. 99 charts. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99 Okay, you still can give us a call. We're live, 888-99-CHART, 4 to 5 Pacific time, every Monday through Friday. So give us a call. We appreciate that. Now, each Friday, I try uh, to run a quick rundown of the uh, numbers. The two-year Treasury yield at 0.149%. Boy, that pays nothing. The 10-year Treasury is at 0.69%, so the, the spread is still healthy. Gold price at 1944 per ounce. Remember, it broke 2,000 a week ago. It pulled back a little bit, 1944. 
Oil is at $41 a barrel. Do you remember how low it got? What, $19, $14? I don't remember. Under 20 bucks. Now it's at 41 Gasoline. On national average, $2.17. In California, where I live, it's $3.19. On average, and for comparison, Louisiana, $1.84. How's that, how's that even possible? You know, it's taxes. We have special summer blend here in California. Why we need that, I don't know. Probably don't need it, but we do. And they charge for it. My focus point today concerns a story. An investor heavyweight, which who you know all know is Warren Buffett, uh, sees an emergence of the same metric that signaled the 2001 crash. So what is that metric? It is a metric. It is a uh, a mathematical formula is very, very simple. What you do is you take the total market cap of the companies traded on the exchanges and divide that into GDP. Okay, so this is wh- how, how it works. When that number is between 70-80%, in the 70-80% range, uh, the, mar- the, 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 the market cap is 70-80% of the GDP, that's a buy signal. When it moves to about 100% of the GDP, what's the GDP last year? $20 trillion, give or take. A trillion here, a trillion there. And so if the market cap is that much, at 100%, that's the time when you take risk off. You don't, you don't be inside the market. You don't, you don't participate fully in the marketplace. You sell back some of your holdings. That is his indicator. Okay, and if you go back... Has been pretty accurate, pretty accurate over the years. 2008 to 2007, 2008, it was 120. What is it today? 100. So it doesn't mean it's, you know, the market can't keep going up. It can. But when it gets to this level, it usually indicates a fall in stock prices. Now, remember, this is the peak, the peak. Before the dot-com implosion was 2007, and the implosion didn't happen until 2009. March started to fall. So you can see it. That, that's always the problem with these indicators. Exactly when, no one knows. They, they, you can't guess. There's no knowing. And sometimes it doesn't work at all. But this one is pretty durable. So that tells us that we may not be at the peak because we're at 100 and it's been 120 in the dot-com. Well, we probably won't go to that again soon. But it is very hot. So what do you do? Anyways, that's that indicator. I think we can fit another quick voice bank question before the break. This came in early. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is David from Montana. I am calling to get your opinion on... Cloudflare, N-E-T. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Symbol N-E-T, Cloudflare, Inc. Class A shares develops software for firewall routing, traffic optimization, and load balancing and other network services. It's a fairly new company. came out in September 2019, it looks like to me. They don't make money, have never made money, not going to make money next year. The sales is growing. It's an 11, almost a $12 billion company, 
and does only $100 million a quarter. Okay, yeah, sales are growing 40-50%, but it's still only $100 million, and they don't make money. So you know what I'm going to say. I do not like buying companies that don't make money. When it makes money, talk to me. But, you know, stock prices move is at $38.50 right now. It's moved, to, last year it was around $18. So it's already made a very large move. Um, I think you're too late to the party. I wouldn't buy this. I'd wait for a pretty giant pullback, maybe down to 20, mid-20s. That might be a good place to pick it up. Mid-20s and maybe low-20s. But it's not making any money. Cash flow is negative 22 cents a share. Don't like it. Don't like it. Okay, in the past month or so, many investors have noticed that there have been renewed talks in Congress about the possibility of enacting an anti-monopoly legislation to regulate some big tech firms. Services like Google, Facebook come to mind. But as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name four of the most famous United States monopolies known largely for their historical significance? I'll have the answer after the break. But for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge, you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial Consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. Listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday, and the COVID 19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow, so you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is here, and he's taking your calls live. Call Invest Talk 888 99Chart. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question. Can you name four of the most famous United States monopolies known largely for their historical significance? Here's the answer. First, you need to know what a monopoly is, right, to find. Monopoly is exclusive control of a commodity or service 
in a particular market or a control that makes possible the manipulation of prices. So the federal government would never allow, for example, AT&T and Verizon to merge because that would defi- definitely create a much too dominant power. Remember, they broke up AT&T. See if that's part of one of the four. It is, actually. Looking back at U.S. history, there have been at least four historically significant situations where the government either accused businesses of monopolistic practice or actually intervened to bust them up. Okay, Carnegie Steel Company, U.S. Steel. At one time, U.S. Steel was the largest steel producer, U.S., the U.S., and U.S. Steel was the largest steel producer and largest corporation in the world. It made 67% of all steel produced in the United States. Okay, um, so by 1911, they had huge, huge percent, and that's when they were broken up. Standard Oil Company, I thought it was Getty Oil. Standard Oil, 1911, I knew they broke up Getty Oil, and I thought it was, it was Standard Oil. Uh, so the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Standard Oil was an illegal monopoly. The Standard Oil Comp Trust was dissolved into 33 smaller companies. Two of its surviving child companies are Exxon and Chevron. The American Tobacco Company, I didn't know about that. It was founded in 1890. Antitrust action began in 1907, broke the company into several major companies in 1911. And then AT&T. They broke up into all the baby bells. Now, AT&T was a legal monopoly at the time. They had to be. Remember, they were all above wires on telephone poles. And you can have different companies having different wires on different telephone poles stringing everywhere. So in 1982, decades after being granted original monopoly power by force of law, U.S. regulators broke up AT&T. They broke them up into 12 baby bells, they called. Bonus fact, in April of 2000, the federal government went after Microsoft, charging it was an abusive monopoly. Microsoft later settled with the U.S. Department of Justice in 2004. And I know that the government went after uh, IBM, too, and then stopped when the PC came on, because Big Blue, IBM was called Big Blue, they had complete control of computer power, computer companies, computer systems. Big buildings full of them. Anyways. Now, in a few minutes, I will share highlights from the newsletter, KPP Premium Newsletter. I send out every Friday. But first, let's squeeze in another caller. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. Uh, listener from Florida. My name is Noah. Similar to the Shopify topic you were discussing yesterday, I've been watching this company, Fiverr International, F-V-R-R, continue to go up. Uh, they provide more of a service aspect to the e-commerce, kind of go hand-in-hand in, hand in Shopify in the same sense. Want to get your take on the company. They don't make money, and I think they're posed to next year. But just wanted to see how you evaluate this company. It's continuing to, to go up. I'll uh, keep a listen out for your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Okay, it's an Israeli-based company that enables people to buy and sell digital services similar to an e-commerce platform. They haven't made money for a long time, but they're going to make money this year, 18 cents a share, and next year, 59 cents a share. Sales are growing uh, 82% last quarter, but before that, there was like five or six, seven quarters in a row was in the 40% range, which is pretty good, really. 
Okay, it's a $3.6 billion company, due $47 million last quarter. $47 million worth of sales. So it's growing about, on average, more in the range of 40%. So I, I, there's a, I, I always in my head do a quick and dirty uh, calculation. And that means this dumb company uh, multiplied the growth rate 40% times 59 cents. That means the stock, I think, is worth like $25, $30, and it's trading at $107. So it's really, really expensive. Negative cash flow still at $0.84 cents a share. Management owns 22%. That's pretty strong ownership by management. And that gives me comfort in that they, you know, pretty focused in trying to drive this company, drive their earnings. Last quarter, earnings went up 82%. They were... They were Tooling along at 40, low 40s percent growth every quarter for almost two years. And then last quarter, it jumped 82%. I'd find out what, what happened there. The stock rose from 25 back in March to now 107. I think it needed to wait for a good, strong pullback because it's gotten pretty heady. But I want to know what happened to that growth in one quarter. So why? Was it because of COVID? Was, it, was that the catalyst for that? I'd find out. But, you know, at least it's making money. It's just expensive. You're going to have to overpay for it. In a few minutes, I will share highlights from the newsletter, KBB Premium Newsletter. But first, let's squeeze in another. Oh, we already did squeeze in another call. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about the KBB Premium Newsletter. I send it out every Friday, as you know. And uh, first, first section is called the Market Conditions section. Uh, we experienced another week in which the market continued to march up. Not as much as it has been, but it did. And uh, it seems to be based on no fundamental reason, none. It's pretty much a momentum play at this point. So is the economy recovery uh, fast enough and strong enough to support it? That's what I'm arguing in the first section of the premium newsletter. Numbers are still pretty good. I, I quote some of the numbers. I usually go over some of the economic numbers reported and just to take a look at it and share them with you. So that's what I did. Of course, government's printing money, and that's one of the reasons why the market's going to probably continue to go up. If they come out with that new spending package, which they're still bickering over, that will drive. I think the market, the investors believe, I put this in the newsletter, believe that that is a done deal already. I think they're pricing that in. So we'll see. We'll see if that's true. On the portfolio management section, I talked about IPOs. Everybody wants to hit a big, right? But I've warned about IPOs, and I've warned on the air many times about IPOs, that if you can get them as an individual, if you can get them at the IPO price, that means it's a bad IPO and it's a bad deal for you. Both IPOs, as I suggest, go to uh, the commercial side of investing, mutual funds, hedge funds, uh, uh state pension funds, those big boys. And it makes sense. You work for Goldman Sachs. You're in charge of selling this IPO stocks for a brand new company. You're going to want to make one or two or five calls. You're not going to want to make hundreds of calls to sell those, get those, uh, get the people interested in buying the IPO. One or two or three calls is what you want to do. So those are where you start with. And then they do their due diligence and they like it. They'll buy them up. They'll snap them up. If they don't like it, they won't. So now the broker has to call all the retail people. You're down the line. 
don't buy IPOs. In the stock sessions, I put in a couple of grocery stores. We own them in our managed accounts. Uh, so I think that, you know, one was a pretty good size one. One was very small, but I like them both. Uh, and we, you know, I thought I'd bring those out to you. So um, I want, you know, grocery stores are pretty, are pretty safe business models. And because of this COVID thing, their sales have been rising. Question is, is it a permanent change in the way people spend money on groceries or food? I don't know. Might be. Consumer Watch. I looked at buying a car, and the opportunities are out there because the manufacturers want to move those vehicles. So they're giving deals, and I mentioned some of the deals I've seen. And so some of the things that you can gather, if you're out, if you're out there to buy a new car or even sometimes a uh, a, a pre-owned car, there are some pretty good deals. You know, the financing deals are pretty strong. So, you know, something to consider. I listed a bunch of deals from different, uh, several deals from different automobiles. So, pretty much that's what the uh, premium newsletter contained this week. Um, and you can subscribe, go to, uh, go to investtalk.com. It's pretty simple. It's a KPP premium newsletter. I send it out every Friday. And go to K, uh, investtalk.com is where you can subscribe. They come to you directly in your inbox. So if, this, if, if anything I said brought, brings any questions, please ask. Ask any questions you want. As long as it's financial, we'll do that. So let's keep going. Here's a voice paint question from our 888-99 chart number. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Derek from St. Augustine, Florida. Love the show. My question is in regards to Exxon. I purchased it several years ago when about uh, average of around $70. Uh, given the prices now and also how oil is, what are your thoughts? Should I just liquidate, cut my losses, and uh, try to invest something that has a more potential revenue in the near future, or should I just keep it and uh, keep it long-term and just hold on to it and hopefully it turns around? Thank you very much, and I'll listen to it to the show. Bye now. Well, if it was me, I'd just hold on to it. ExxonMobil, XOM is a symbol, engaged in exploration, production, transportation, and sale of crude oil and natural gas worldwide. They're a very big natural gas producer. They're going to lose $0.08 cents this year after making $2.25 in 2019. Next year, they're going to make $1.73. The dividend yield is 8.1%. Stock is $43. So um, I'm, I'm comfortable owning ExxonMobil. It's one of those core blue chip holdings. Yeah, it's not going to be exciting. But why did I buy it? See, this this is in my mind. Why did I buy it? Why did I buy any stock? What are your reasons for buying a stock? What was your reason for buying ExxonMobil? Did you think you're going to have capital appreciation? It was just going to keep going up. If you did, then you were wrong because it's not. But if you bought it for the dividend, and you waited for it to get cheap, then you hold on to it because the dividend is very solid. Cash flow is $6.76 a share. Cash flow. The cash flow will support that dividend. So I think I would hold on to it because I, I, the dividend is solid. Not going. Dividend's not going anywhere. 888.99 chart, everybody. Okay. AMC, the movie theater. Is going to open theaters, some of the theaters, not all of them, on August 20th. 
And they're going to open them with a big fanfare. They're advertising they're going to go back to 1920 prices at 15 cents a movie. But these are not all the first-class, first-run movies that they're charging that, just so you know. So they're coming out August 20 opening movies. So the question is, AMC is doing it. By the way, they are the largest movie theater company. Not here in the West Coast. They're more much more dominant in the East Coast. Here, it's Edwards Theater. I'm not. I know they're also opening around that time. So we get to go back to the movies. I don't. It, the, this is the caveat, though, is they're going to be much less people allowed in the theaters. So that's going to be a problem. And I will tell you this: I think most smaller chains of movie co- movie theaters are going to go out of business, or they'll be bought up by the two major ones, AMC and because they can't survive. They can't survive on partial fill in the theaters and being closed as long. They're just gonna they're just gonna go away. I don't see how they can do it. Gold prices. Did you see gold prices decline this week? Remember, it got to two thousand dollars an ounce. It's around nineteen hundred and fifty dollars an ounce now. Now that's not a big fall, but and did you know that back in 2019, August September 2019, that it was about a thousand one hundred fifty dollars an ounce? Now it's close to two. I think it's going higher, people. I've said it before. You want to wait for an opportunity to buy it? Might not get much. This could be your opportunity. But if that's what you want to do, don't load up your portfolio with gold. But I just think it should be part of your portfolio, part of a balanced portfolio. So gold and silver. Silver is probably relatively less expensive than gold. So, you know, no one knows where these things will go. I just know that the Federal Reserve has been printing money. The federal government's been spending money. And the U.S. dollar has been going down pretty consistently in value. And that tells me that inflation is probably coming at some point. And if that's true, precious metals usually go up. That's what this is all about. It also is a pretty good defensive play at the same time. Especially with the market so, the index is so high. Even though not the whole overall market is not nearly overbought or overvalued as a particular slice, and that is the big tech. Anyways, 888-99-CHARTER is our number, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. This is Steve Peasley. Um, did you see the economic news out this week? There was quite a bit of data. Uh, a little bit of inflation. Retail sales are pretty strong. Uh, uh, productivity was very good for the quarter. There was It was pretty good news, pretty good economic news. Um, but it's not nearly as good as it was pre-COVID. Just news coming out of that slump. We shut everything down. Okay, on the next Invest Talk, this story. Uber and Lyft are threatening to suspend service in California. The companies want to exempt their drivers from the employee classification required under the law, the new state law here in California. That story is going to be Monday, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-SHOW. Why are earnings so important? What does that mean, earnings per share? Or what's your question? 
Why not ask it now at 888-99-CHART on InvestTalk. This is InvestTalk. Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. Tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Hey, you guys. This is Chris from Mississippi. I got a question for you. In a taxable account, I am holding Amazon, which I bought at 1000 You know, I really don't want to sell it and get capital gains. I bought it for a long-term hold, but, you know, it's gotten awfully high and it became a quite a, a sizable thing in that taxable account. I don't really want to sell it, but I don't know what I should do. Give me your opinion and I'll be listening in the future. Thank you very much. Okay, that's a good question. Let's say you bought 100 shares of Amazon at $1,000 and today it's at $3,000. In your taxable account, if you sell that, you're going to have $2,000 share capital gains tax. Hopefully, long-term, you've had it more than 12 months. That means it'll be at 20%, or it might be at your ordinary tax rate if you had it less than a year. So how, you know, it's very high, and you're worried that it's going to fall, but you want to protect that profit. You can. You could, if it's an intensive account, you can, the 100 shares, you could sell short 100 shares of Amazon. So meaning, you now have a perfect hedge. Perfect. Because... Whether Amazon goes up or down, you won't lose anything and you won't make anything. Because if it goes up, the original 100 shares that you own will go up in value, but the short will go down exactly the same amount and vice versa. If the stock goes down in value, your short goes up in value and you have a perfect hedge. So there's a way to hedge off the risk if you have the money because you got to be able to support that short with whatever cost it is. You know, the short time. That there, your risk is you have to pay interest on the money that you're borrowing to sell the stock short. That's your risk. You don't have to sell all 100 shares short. If you just want to hedge off 50%, you do 50 shares. But that's one way you can hedge off a risk without selling the stock and incurring a capital gain. So let's say the stock goes down in price. Okay. And so the hedge goes up in value, you know, the short, and the stock value goes down. You can sell your hedge. Now you have a capital gains on whatever, you know, whatever it went down, however much it went down, you'll still have a capital gains and you have to pay the interest. But at least you won't have to pay a huge capital gains because you had to sell, you wanted to cut it back. That's one way to do it. There's other ways, but that's what's called a perfect hedge, and that's very viable. Some people do that. I do. I've done that. Okay, well, will mortgage rates go to zero in here in the United States? Did you know that in certain parts of the world, they are at zero? They have gone to zero. So don't, is it Netherlands? It's somewhere in the Scandinavian country. Um, and the reason why it is even a discussion is that we went into recession, right? Pretty deep recession. We caused it ourselves. And the last time we were in a big recession was in 2008. Well, the following years after that, four of the five years, interest rates went down. 
Now, our Federal Reserve already lowered the rates to almost zero, but not enough, dragging down the mortgage rates. What if they keep lowering rates? What if they go to negative rates? Will that pull down the mortgage rates to negative? Will it? Can it? It can. But I don't think the Fed wants to do that. I think they will only do that if they think they feel that they have to. So I don't think they're going to go to zero. I do not. But there is that possibility that's out there. Don't think it can't happen. It can happen because it already has happened in different parts of the world. So just keep an eye on it. Um, it's Mortgage rates are very, very low. I know a lot of people are refinancing. I think that's probably the right thing to do. Mortgage rates actually went up this week. I don't know if you saw that. They kind of popped up a little bit. I don't know if they're going to stay there, but they did. And it probably popped up a little bit because the federal government hasn't come to an agreement on the next uh, next uh, package of incentives for the economy. You know, the two sides, Democrats, Republicans, can't seem to agree yet. Anyway, I'm Steve Peasley. Thank you for listening to everybody uh, to the show. I will return next week. Justin Klein will be here on Monday. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts, all free. You can download for free by browsing the topic titles. Get your free downloads at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. So, remember, independent thinking, shared success. This is InvestTalk. Have a great weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.